0: Spreading Cajun across the nation. Pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Raging Review. Made by the fans, for the fans.
1: Cajun Nation, Matt Miguez here. Welcome to and Review, you know, you, you saw on Twitter yesterday that it might have been my birthday. Happy Friday to you! You know, I might be another year older, but if you ask Josh and Jerry, I am not another year wiser. We are here on Region Review, like I said, Josh and Jerry here with us, guys. What's going on? Having fun, living the dream, baby. Happy Friday! One day closer
2: to college football. The closer oh, we get, thank the better. God,
1: we are what about probably about two and a half weeks or so away from the. Away from the football season.
2: Well, actually, we're um, we're 13 days away from kickoff. Not for the Cajuns, but for other teams around FBS. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: really more concerned about our kickoff. I think we're, what, three weeks? Yeah, three weeks from, from tomorrow, yeah. So, yeah, you know, a lot of big things to talk about over the next couple of weeks. We were joined today by Chris Vanini of The Athletic, offered us tons of insight into the Cajuns football program as well as his personal career. I think we converted him. Yeah, you know, <laughs> obviously obviously the athletic hasn't caught on the the name train yet, if you will. But uh just listen in. You will know what he's talking about. You know, Chris Chris was a lot of fun. He uh like I said, he gave us a lot of insight into the program, gave us a lot of insight into his personal career, and he tells you how to get a hell of a deal on a athletic subscription.
3: That's Absolutely right. And he did a good job talking about DJ Looney's piece that he wrote him in film and I mean really one of the best pieces, uh, not only about DJ and his life, but really, I, I can't remember another, uh, I don't want to call it a eulogy, but another remembrance piece that was as good as that one, so it was good to talk to him about that, and uh, the name stuff was fun.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, anytime, the name battle is, is is always fun. Guys, before we jump into the interview, I do want to talk for a second, uh, Brian Maggard, appeared on ESPN 1420 this morning and said that there was absolutely a conversation between Louisiana and Louisiana Tech about the about a, playing a game this season. So this, you know, confirms my point that Louisiana Tech was a bunch of scared crybabies. Go ahead. <laughs> So I'm, I'm warming
2: this up for a man about town. Yeah, I mean, we reached out to them. That's that's the only thing I can say. And, and and we put the ball in their court, and they just said no. I mean, look, the reality is that that day on September 5th, Louisiana Tech had a road game scheduled against Mountain West opponent UNLV. So they were going to go on the road. And, of course, the Cajuns hosting Magneese. Well, both teams canceled because uh, you've got the Mountain West not playing football. Then you've got Magneese basically saying we're opting out after the, the Southland Conference Conference. conference decided to postpone their season to the spring which i said before and i'll say it again both tech and the cajuns had open dates on september 5th it would have been perfect for two teams who were three hours apart and a great challenge for both schools to play each other but for some reason when uh when Dr. Brian Magger decided to put the ball in Louisiana Tech's court, they just said no, and they decided, well, eh, we don't want to take the risk. and And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, I'm sure there's a lot of fans. I don't know if how the Tech fans feel, but I know there's a lot of Cajun fans that are disappointed at the possible possible potential of of playing a, a good, well rounded uh, in state opponent that would have created a great matchup and some great hype.
1: You know, I'm gonna say this, and then you know, I'll pass it over to Man About Town for his. You know, 10-minute monologue that we're going to get out of him. But uh, Tommy Boy... Tommy Boy sucks. I'm going I'm to just be... I'm going to be frank. How... Okay. How on God's green, beautiful, loving earth are you scared shitless to play an in-state opponent? How? How is... I'm going to open both of y'all's mics because I want y'all to talk to me while I'm doing this. How are you that freaking scared well look and if you say that it's not a fear thing i'm muting you <laughs> well it's, because it's, that's ridiculous it's well, a dodge well, d- it d- it is. dodge d-
3: dodge that's it's, patches of patches thank a, you very much so mccoughlin's new name is patches of Hoolahan.
2: that's it <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's simple i mean you know it's it's not about being scared it's it's ego and the fact when you have ego you become, you know, subconsciously afraid to lose that ego or, or something to affect that ego. And I think the fact that Tech has this mindset that, you know, we're, we're better than everybody else. And any time that gets tested, regardless of who wants to challenge us on Twitter, regardless of any of the band members of the Louisiana Tech marching band want to say otherwise.
1: The sax blowers.
2: The, the, the fact of the matter is, <laughs> is that... They, they just don't they, they don't want to run the risk that was look funny. they they can say until they're blue in the face that oh well we're better than you we've beaten you all these times but in reality the fact of the matter is the Cajuns have a good football team and they don't want to run into that risk of losing that swagger that they've had against us over the past few times so when the opportunity arises like this year where you have two good solid programs, I don't think Tech really wants to take that chance. Well, I mean, let's that's talk, just the reality of it. They don't but, want to take the chance. And, yes, to say it bluntly, they're afraid to lose to us. It's simple. And they can deny so, it. The sacks blowers on Twitter can say that's not true and you don't belong on the same field as us. We're not stupid, okay? Here's it's, here's the fact.
1: Here's what we're going to do. I can almost, I don't know this for a fact, but I can almost guarantee that there is an off day, that the Cajuns do not play, that Louisiana Tech will have a home game in Ruston. So this is what Rage and Review is going to do. We're going to take that opportunity. We're going to drive to Rustin and we're going to sit in the stands and we're going to chant 83rd, 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 83rd. And then in the second half, because by halftime, they'll get the point. We're going to chant 41st, 41st, 41st. (laughs) Just to prove that, oh, yeah, our ranking doubled yours. Yeah, you assholes. Okay, man, about town. Take it.
3: Uh I mean, what? <laughs> um, patches of Julian are still laughing about that. Uh, I, I, we would have kept, would have killed them. Oh, we, we would have, we would have murdered them. We would destroyed them. Why we? What, what are we talking about? We would have destroyed that. They're not good.
1: We would have ripped them. Limb I don't care from about them. they've won eight games in a row and bowl games. That's all. A and bunch you see of crap. what I find? What I find hilarious, just real quickly, is that they have now gotten Alabama Birmingham to do their dirty work. That's even worse. We're gonna, That's even worse. Listen, listen. We're gonna beat them like we'd beat La Tech. Be a be some men and take your road trip ass whooping like a man. Attitude. And, Reflects leadership. And to make matters worse,
2: their fans created a graphic on Twitter with the Louisiana Tech logo with UAB blazer colors. And they're like, we're all blazers. I'm like, do you do you people have no dignity? But they don't care about us. They don't
3: care. Folks, they don't care about us. Uh, They don't care about uh, us. I don't know. Listen, it tells me everything I need to know that they dodged. They wouldn't answer Magger's phone calls. They knew that ass-whooping was in the hopper. That's what, They don't want to play because they know they're not as good. I don't care about 10 years ago. I'm talking about 2020. Tech is no good.
1: We are. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Cajun Nation, we will take a break. You will hear a word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we will be joined by Chris Vanini of The Athletic right here on region Review.
0: Priority Access Urgent Care, located in the Winwood Shopping Center at 2912 Johnston Street in Lafayette, will provide you with a patient-centered experience with a personal touch. With over 35 years of healthcare experience, President-Owner Ed Haney will provide you with exceptional and affordable care for minor injuries, illnesses, and occupational health, offering vaccines and physicals, on-site x-rays, EKG, and lab services, as well as testing for flu, strep, and COVID-19. Now accepting all major medical insurance, including Medicaid, Medicare, and VA insurance. Open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Priority Access Urgent Care, 2912 Johnston Street, where patients are our priority. Call 337-446-0555 for more information or online at priorityaccessurgentcare.com. Awardmaster, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Awardmaster creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review you trust Awardmasters for all of their needs, and you will too. Awardmasters is so much more than just an award shop. Give Awardmasters a call today, 337-984-1414, or go to awardmaster.com. Awardmaster, the recognition and personalization experts.
1: Cajun Nation, welcome back to Rage and Review. Matt Miguez here, joined with the man about town, Josh Jagno, and Jerry Bear. Guys, what's going on? How are we doing today?
3: Fired up. Got a special guest. Always good.
1: Ready to roll. We are joined by Chris Vanini, G5 writer for The Athletic. Chris, thank you for joining us, and how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. And, you know, we we were super excited that you decided to join considering, you know, you, you cover the G5 specifically. And, you know, obviously with the football season being about three weeks away, we want to know right off the top, you know, what are your thoughts about football as a whole with the pandemic and especially Louisiana? What do you think that this program is capable of?
4: Yeah. I mean, not even three weeks, really two weeks, uh, two weeks from, uh, Saturday we get, um, uh, a handful of, Actually, no, you know, two weeks from Thursday, I'm sorry. We got South Alabama, Southern Miss and, uh, Central Arkansas versus UAB. So we're less than two weeks away from football here and, I was unsure if we'd get to this point. You know, I, I'm still still skeptical if we'll get to you know late September when all the Power Five teams start playing. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll finish the season. But I, I, I at this point I'm pretty confident we'll get to the start of it in a couple of weeks.
3: Chris, that's awesome, dude. I, I'm the same. I figured that once everybody got on campus, we'd start seeing uh, the uptick in, the, in cases and whatnot, and. Uh, not to downplay that, obviously, it's something to be taken seriously. But I figured that uh, the press would start to turn, and uh, you never know what can come out of that now because it's such a fluid situation, right? So uh, I, I'm I'm with you. I agree with that. Uh, specific to Central Arkansas and UAB, obviously, we've gotten some sort of a, a scheduling alliance with those two teams. Uh, good programs. We both know that they, they they play well. They play good football. What do you expect out of UAB specifically? And then uh, I'll ask about Central Arkansas later.
4: Yeah, UAB should be pretty good. One of the top teams in Conference USA again. uh, Tyler Johnson, their quarterback, is a guy they really like. They bring a lot of guys back. Um, I'm not 100% updated on on some guys who opted out or, or haven't, but it's a defense that was one of the best. It might have been the best in the conference last year and brings almost everybody back, so... UAB, you know, they, they won Conference USA two years ago. They won the division last year. And once again, they're a team I, I expect to be contending for, for Conference USA titles. team of, uh, I'm sorry,
3: gave App State a pretty good bowl game too. There was a little scare there in the first yep. half.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, they, you know, they, they, they lose App State in the bowl game. But uh, uh, still, I, I think it, it, that was a fun type of game you know, kind of – I like the bowl games where you have two really good group of five teams playing each other. Uh, obviously, you'd like to play power five teams, but I know sometimes the bowl matchups get a little weird. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good, um, pretty good game. And, and yeah, UABF, it was fun.
2: So, Chris, um, with these expectations of uh, G5 football, um, I wanted to ask you, with the Mac and the Mountain West opting out uh, of the fall, What is the vibe as far as uh, like what what, what was some of the inside information or not necessarily just inside information, but information that you receive from those two conferences on moving forward? What kind of effect will that have on them? I know the financial implications are huge. Uh, really, I mean, every school. Whether you're P five or G five, you're taking a risk right now. But uh, with the Mountain West and the MAC, whenever the MAC decided to, uh, to to cancel the season and the Mountain West followed, what were some of the um, the information you were receiving from those two conferences on making those decisions on not playing football this fall?
4: They didn't feel it was safe. They, they said either there was too many unknowns. They were concerned about heart issues. I, I mean, I don't think it's coincidence You see the MAC. You know, it's overlapped with the Big Ten. The Mountain West is overlapped with the Pac-12, and those two Power Five conferences made the same decision. So, you know, I, I'm sure financials played some role. You know, for, for the MAC, uh, they probably wouldn't be able to have fans. Um, they feel that, or, or some people in the league feel, I guess, that if they can play a spring football, it might actually be better financially anyway, because. Uh, Possibly, you go to fans, and so they think that could be better. But overall, they just they didn't feel it safe. There were too many at home. It's it's a theme you're seeing everywhere, and that some conferences feel it's safe, and, and others don't. And it's just a very kind of weird dynamic where we're at right now. But that's just kind of where it is. Chris,
3: spring football. Well, well let's just say it plainly: it's two seasons in one in a calendar year. Spring football. You know, a lot of these releases say. We hope to play in the spring. We plan to play in the spring. How do you see, from a practical standpoint, how do you see these programs, or all of college football, really pulling that off? I, I can tell you from my point of view, I just I don't think it's promising, to be honest with you.
4: Well, I mean, it's, obviously, it's not going to be a full season you know, in the spring, and it, there's a, probably a good chance you at least push back, if not cut down on the number of games next fall as well. You know, the SWAC um, came out with its schedule earlier this year. They're going to start February 27th. Everybody plays six or seven games, and then, then, then there's a conference championship game, and that's it. So you're looking at six, seven, maybe eight games if, if you're them, and then they might need to push the fall back. And, you know, Jeff Rom, the, the head coach of Purdue, came out with the schedule, his idea, was is. Fewer games in the spring, fewer games in the fall, fewer hits in practice to try to really take that uh, physical toll away. And you know, something someone in the Mountain West told me was that a coach from the Mountain West was like, "You know, we we go hard in spring. You know? Spring football is not like fall camp. Spring football, you're, you're you're hitting hard. You're going fast. You're trying to, you know, you you generally you don't need to save a guy for the next week for injury purposes. So you so you're going hard." And they felt that playing a short season in the spring, compared to a rough, uh, rough spring practice schedule that they normally go through, wouldn't be all that different compared to what they do now. The concerns are real, absolutely. The guy gets injured, he season-ending injury, he misses two years essentially. They'll have they'll have to figure out waivers and stuff like that to give those kids eligibility. But if they can make it happen, I think they're going to do it. You're seeing that we want to play. Campaign right now, I can guarantee you players would rather play games in the spring than, than, than go through a spring camp.
3: Sure, and look from an everyday fan standpoint, if you're going to sell me on player safety and that's why we're not playing in the fall, it's going to be hard for me to accept we're going to have two seasons next year and that's going to be safer. Now, look, I know players want to play. Everybody, I mean, of course you want to play. Uh, and way down the list on the on priorities is, you know, what. What is that going to look like? What kind of a product on the field where, you know, you may have eligibility issues. Like you said, you may have, uh, you know, like spring is a huge preparation time. That's why we have it, right? So from that standpoint of how do we set up for the fall? How does the spring get impacted specifically? Uh, there's a lot of questions still up in the air. And I know that's, a, that's kind of a convoluted question and there's 10 questions involved. But uh, player safety is still supposed to be at the very top of this mountain, right?
4: Sure. And I, I I think the case they would make is that if uh, this is all contingent on the virus being under control, either the numbers being extremely low or having a vaccine or somebody like that. And then the the case they're basically saying is the player safety issues of playing two seasons in one year are safety issues we are familiar with and we know how we can figure out ways to handle it as opposed to trying to play in the fall with a virus nobody knows about. Uh, knows much about, um, and and it's a separate thing that these people are used to dealing with. So that's not to say spring is going to be safe by by any means, but they feel that it would be easier to get it over, easier to, to handle those issues because they're general football sports medicine issues as opposed to infectious disease issues.
2: So, Chris, I know everything has been up to the minute so far with football. I know rules change. I mean, it's been like that for six months with this virus. Uh... You know, the rules change by the minute because it's a real-time virus. I've said it multiple times. It's one of those things you learn as you go. Uh, What have you heard as far as um, bowl games? Right now, I know the playoff, they're going to have a playoff. They pushed the date back a little bit for the college football playoff. But uh, once conference championships are played, once the postseason comes around, um, financially, are there any talks of bowl games saying we're still going to play and, but, but just not have fans? Like, what are you hearing as far as postseason goes, especially in particular the G5 schools?
4: Yeah, that, that's, that's all up in the air. Postseason is, like, just so far on the back burner of, of minds right now because people just want to get the season started and get through it safe. You know, if, if we get through the season safe, that's the reason to celebrate, no matter what your record is, no matter what, whatever the postseason looks like it'll be quite an accomplishment if they even get that far. So bowl games are kind of just waiting and seeing. I think the Red Box Bowl canceled. That's a big 10-pack-12 game. Um, uh, we have a story today on the Rose Bowl and the Athletics. So it, it, a lot of it's just kind of wait and see. The playoff, the playoff folks you know, met the other week. They're still planning to go forward, but they know that things are going to change on the fly. We just got to kind of wait and see when it gets closer.
1: Chris Vanini has been our guest. Chris, you know, I kind of we, – we've talked about him multiple times in other episodes, but I kind of want to stay focused on Levi Lewis at, at quarterback for Louisiana. You know, he was the first quarterback last season in school history to throw for 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, and I want to say he completed around 65% of his passes. How can he – and we, we've recently discovered here in Lafayette that he battled injuries throughout the year last year. So now that mm-hmm. he's coming into an health a healthy senior season how much better in your mind can Levi Lewis be for this offense
4: yeah I mean he, I, I was, that was the big question going into last year with, well, one of the only questions really was was um, what's the quarterback in the what's the quarterback situation like and yeah it's his team you know I talked to Billy Napier I did a data program kind of preview. On the, on the Cajuns a few weeks back. And, you know, this, this is not only is, is he back with, with a full year of experience under his belt, he's got a lot of veterans around him. He's got a lot of, uh, he's got a deep group of receivers, even if he lost some of his top guys, I know, but the offensive line should be a veteran group. The, the, the backfield is obviously continues to be incredibly deep with a lot of options there. So the fact that it's going to be the same offense as opposed to you know a new coordinator on defense a little bit some some changes there I think he could just really have a bigger he should be one of the top quarterbacks in the group of five uh, once again he completed more than half of his passes in every single game last year and the two the two lowest outputs from a completion percentage standpoint were those Appalachian State games so uh, he, he was great all last year just obviously the the big question for him and everybody is just getting over that app state arm but other than that you know he he should have he should have a lights out here
3: we agree with you and uh listen appreciate that preview that was very well done i enjoyed it um speaking of the local team here that we cover (laughs) we had uh, a a bit of a a, unfortunate happening uh we lost one of our favorite guys and uh you and feldman did uh, what I would say, one of the finest pieces that I've ever read, uh, ever read uh, on DJ DJ Looney. Uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about uh, DJ. If, if I mean, I, if I'm reading that article, it feels like you had personal experience with him. Uh, if you didn't, that's fine. Just uh, how 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 were you able to do such an in-depth article, man? It was just uh, it was beautiful. It was wonderful we all really appreciated it. And I know his family appreciated it. That's a uh, strict, that's straight from one of his family members.
4: Yeah, man, that was so, when I saw that news, that was absolutely heartbreaking. I, I he was a guy that I would see every year at the coaches convention in January. And he was just the friendliest guy you could meet. He, he, he seemed to know everybody for a guy who worked at, you know, central Arkansas, East Mississippi, uh, Luizio Lafayette uh, in like 8 Mississippi State. He, he knew everybody. He was just, everybody loved him. He always made you feel like, you know, you were his best friend. And he was just such a fun guy to be around. And seeing him at the convention every year was always one of the highlights of that trip. And, and so when the news came down, I immediately wanted to just do something about him. Uh, Bruce Feldman felt the same way. He knew him as well. So we just started reaching out to, a lot of different coaches we know who know him and just getting their thoughts and sharing their stories about what it was like because uh, man was 31 years old I think uh, um, just absolutely heartbreaking to see that news. He was one of the just friendliest guys you could ever come across. And always had a smile on his face, always gave you a hug uh, Every just everybody loved him and it was it, it, it's such a loss to lose a guy like DJ Looney in, in this not only in the coaching profession, but just in society, in the world, man, he he was such a good guy.
3: Yes. Went beyond football. That's a community loss. And, uh, you know, we always talk about the glue guys on this, on this podcast. And he was a glue guy that you didn't really hear his name often in the papers, but he made the engine go, man. He was an awesome guy. Awesome. Just, just a, a good friend. You know, I, I didn't have a ton of personal experience with him, but the few run-ins that we had and, uh, just still tough, still tough. And, uh, I don't know if his GoFundMe yeah. page is still active, but we're going to link to it again because you know it's easy to say you know it's terrible when it happens, but we want to continue to to keep that in the in the mind of the public. But uh, Chris, I have a it's a little bit of a shift in in uh, in topics, but uh, do you know about the name battle for Louisiana Raging Cajuns? The I'm sorry. The what? The name battle.
4: Is this o- is this over whether or not
3: you uh, call yourself up? That is. <laughs> Louisiana. So er, yeah. anytime we get a national guy to do the pod, we always ask because uh, it's 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 one of those things that has just grown into this big monster. You know, it's like there's cert- certain people on one side of the fence and others on the other. So we always like to ask, uh, are you in with us on the branding or, or have you been given instructions to stick with the Louisiana Lafayette or the ULL stuff? So just curious about that.
4: So this was a, this is not the first time these battles have been fought. UCF went through this for many many years, and th- th- so writers have to abide by what's called a style guide. It's made by your news organization or, or the, the Associated Press style guide, and that there's certain ways you have to label certain things. And for the raging agents, is it, generally Louisiana Lafayette. Sometimes that's an apostrophe. Sometimes it's not. Uh, number of years ago, UCF used to be known as Central Florida. They tried to go, they tried to change to UCF. And if anybody called them Central Florida, they would call you out on it. They'd call you out on Twitter about it. The fans would come at you uh, about it. And now everybody calls them UCF. And I don't think the, the uh, I guess the PR battle was necessarily what, what won it. What won it for UCF was that they made three, bcs or new york's bowl games you know they they went to the Bowl twice they went to the the peach bowl and they were annually like a team that everybody talked about so it was easier to correct them it's tougher with louisiana because there are so many louisiana schools i have to admit whenever i hear university of louisiana i think of the team from the water boys the team that sclsu would always go up against because they were university of louisiana because there is another University of Louisiana school in FBS in the same conference, obviously with, with, with ULM. So, I, I i get the i get the argument you're trying to make. I get trying to make this push, and it seems to be working. I know ESPN uh, refers to you guys as that now on the on the on the Chiron on TV and games and stuff like that. Um, but for, for when I'm speaking to a national audience. When I'm on Twitter, I kind of, I I change it up sometimes. Sometimes I'll say Louisiana, but throw in Lafayette in parentheses just as a reference point. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But when it comes to stories, I am still required by my organization to say Louisiana Lafayette.
3: Well, my goal by the end of this phone call is to get you on the Louisiana train. (laughs) And I am am a paying customer of the Athletic. So put me in, put me in contact with somebody. I'll, I'll, I'll be very nice about it. I promise. Uh, no, man, just it's for fun. You know, we like to ask and, uh, we are fighting the battle and I didn't know that about UCF. I knew about Troy and there's a few others that actually made the name change successfully. Problem is in this state, they'll fight you to the, to the death. You know LSU, right. ULM, know. Yeah, they'll all, they'll fight yeah. us forever. But I, I believe yeah. you're right. I think the branding is working. And I, I see a lot more now. You you mentioned about national perception, or not, I'm sorry, uh, national uh, recognition. ESPN, the conference, CBS, NBC. I mean, I can go down the list of all the battles we've actually won. AP is like right on the brink. Of allowing us to be called what we want to be called, so I think it's winning. I think we're winning the battle. I think it's working. Uh, just curious as to how it goes on behind the scenes. That's always a question we ask. So I know Matt's got yeah, something the, the, after me. The,
4: the, the, again, the best way to, to the best way to make the change happen is to win. It's to win the Sun Belt. It's to be in it's to be in the top twenty five and stuff like that. Because when when you're when like when you're on an ESPN ranking or a USA Today ranking where they do call you Louisiana. Then more people see it nationally, and, and that 's kind of how you win people over the same way you see after sure. for sure
2: yeah, and I find that funny because you know you 're absolutely right it 's hilarious when I go on twitter and, and i 've noticed after this past season that the Cajuns had the name Louisiana has really been a lot more popular, and what 's funny is that anytime a writer, whether it 's yourself or anybody else on Twitter, is talking about you know Louisiana head coach Billy Napier, Louisiana raging Cajuns preview, Louisiana it's funny because it's to us as Cajun fans, we get a kick out of like other fan bases, like trying to correct the name. And we're all just kind of standing back laughing. Like, why are you so worried about us? Like, are we that much of a threat to you? But really what it does, one thing that it does, the whole name thing is that it, it, even if it's good or bad, it brings attention to us and people are talking about us, you know? And so we look 20 years ago, our program, if you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen how far this program has come. Uh, Just the fact that we're in a conversation about, being competitive we've come such a long way in 20 years and i think the name the name is just an added battle and an added topic to it so uh we're, we're making strides all around so as long as we're in the conversation hey i'm I'm good with that
4: yeah yeah i mean the, the push is working like i said it's, it, it's starting to catch on more nationally and you know it just takes some time with these things there are even to this day people say central florida uh yeah will come at you. That's awesome. Chris Vanini, our guest.
1: Chris, you know, I want to talk about the schedule quickly before we uh before we wrap up. You know, obviously there's 10 different preseason polls, but UAB App State and Iowa State all come in ranked in the top 25 in at least one poll. So it it's safe to say that we have three top 25 matchups on the schedule for the 2020 season. And I just want to get your opinion, you know, are, are they, are they three winnable games? Are they two winnable games? What, what are your, what are your thoughts looking at the schedule for Louisiana this year?
4: I mean, I, I guess I do not know what to expect from college football this season because of how unusual everything has been. I, I think you're probably going to see more upsets than, than you would expect. Um, you know, Iowa state should be pretty good. Once again, uh, that'll obviously be, be be tough as a road game. Um, but to, 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 to travel to what, the App State and the new AB, are those road games, right?
1: App State, and they're all three road games.
4: Yeah, yeah, that, that that's going to make it tough uh, for sure. Um, even if there are no fans, limited fans, the whole dynamic of everything is going to be absolutely fascinating as to how this works. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure yet how game days are supposed to work in terms of locker room distancing and what have you. So certainly I think I would give the Cajuns a shot to win all three of those games with w- without a doubt. Um, everything's an unknown certainly at the time, but given all the talent coming back on both sides of the ball, given the consistency with the coaching staff and everything else, uh, absolutely. I would give, I would give the Cajuns a chance to win all three of those games.
3: Certainly from a strength of schedule standpoint, that'd be great. I mean, we're, we firmly believe that we can represent the G5 in a New Year six. So, three top 25 road wins would go a long way, don't you think?
4: For sure. For sure. I mean, I think UCF is only playing Georgia Tech as its uh, non conference game. So, it's going to be weird exactly how, you know, if we get through the season, if we have a New Year six playoff, whatever, I don't know. Um, what are the chances a group of five team can get in? I I, I don't know. That's why schedule is going to be interesting because you know the SEC they're only playing the SEC. The the Americans got a little different setup. The Big Twelve's got its own setup. UCF is trying was trying to get some better non conference games, but they won't have them. So judging wins losses, strength of schedule, it's all going to be completely different this year. I think in terms of how you evaluate people because you know the american these group of five conferences they didn't want to move to conference only in part because they want to play those power five games they want to not only get the money from doing it but they want to beat them and louisiana will have a chance to do that um, as perhaps as good a chance as any to pick up a real solid win in the non-conference uh setup
3: no doubt uh so chris when i found out that we were going to get you for uh For a lot of time, I forget what it was. I don't want to keep you longer, but I I wanted to ask you some things about yourself, man. Uh, I did a little reading and I saw that uh, you did the only podcast at MSU, and I kind of felt that we had a bit of a kindred spirit. I could totally relate to uh, selling sponsorships, working on content, trying to, you know, you know, we're a student. I I run a business, you know, having having those things overlap and. That the love of the sport, the love of building a podcast, building a brand—all those things kind of go into it, and and you kind of forget how tired tired you are. So uh, I just continued reading, and I I ended up getting a, a full, healthy respect for you and your career so far, man. Uh, when the athletic was formed, I thought it was an ambitious project. You know, having people subscribe to read sports, I thought I thought it could be done if you did it right, and and great content was produced. Uh, and like I said, I I I'm a full on athletic customer so it worked uh i I was curious how how did the athletic approach you uh for for you to come on board and you know what was going to be your role initially has it changed uh and what's been your experience
4: yeah so i had been writing for and then running coaching com for five years i worked with a guy for three years and then i then he handed the key to me i ran it for two years and that was working 24 seven writing 70 things a day pretty much every day um but it, it, it was it was a way for me to make sources you're talking with coaches and just kind of be able to kind of do my own thing even though it wasn't paying much and even though it was working all the time and then in spring spring 2017 you might remember that's when like the entire sports writing business like so blew up you know espn laid off a ton of people yahoo did fox pivoted to video they got it rid of all the writers and i said to myself well i don't know what i'm i don't really know what i'm working toward now because those were that's where i wanted to eventually get to if these jobs don't even exist anymore what future do i have in sports writing so i so i DMed Stuart Mandel. He had followed my work at Coaching Search and was complimentary of it. Um, so I DMed him asking for uh, career advice just to talk about stuff because he had just been laid off at Fox. And he tells me something like, he's going on a vacation. He'll call me back in like a week or something like that. So I said, all right. So like a week or two goes by, calls me and he says, so I know you wanted some career advice, I might have a job for you instead. The Athletic, this company called The Athletic, which I was familiar with because I had lived in Detroit and they had a flight there they only had uh, Detroit, Chicago, and Toronto and Cleveland, I think were the only uh, that were around back then. He said they wanted to launch college football and scoop up a lot of the writers who had been let go and he wanted me to come in and cover coaching changes like I had been doing as well as Group of Five because the way we started out we had six writers. We had, not including Stu, we had six writers, one on each Power 5 conference, and then I was going to take the Group of Five. And I said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Because in, in my experience, covering Group of Five schools was great because uh, they were very open. They were they would get you coaches on the phone. You know, didn't, didn't have a lot of competition you were dealing with. And so I, I really enjoyed working with them. So I said, hey, I'd love to do that. So we launched in fall, August 2017 not really knowing if this was going to work or not. You know, we had plenty of people high up in college football who didn't think this was going to work. And we had like 60 employees as a company at the time. Now we're more than 400 and it's just been crazy to see how much has grown. And my my job hasn't really changed over that time. You know, we've added team beat writers and stuff like that to cover the major programs, but I'm still doing coaching changes in group of five pretty much all on my own. And um, I, I think it's been a great, up. You know, credit to Stuart Mandel for believing that there was an audience for a group of five schools. So he told me, he said, I think there's an underserved audience here because ESPN and SI and Yahoo and everybody, they were only covering the Power Five and they were only covering the top 25-ish schools in the country. And he, he thought there'd be a market for this and he was right. And and it's been great to all the support that I've gotten uh, from from readers and, and editors and all sorts of stuff since then. So, uh, yeah, I've been pretty Fortunate at a point when you know I thought I was going to get out of this business, the right opportunity and the right person came along at the right time. Not going to pretend luck wasn't certainly involved in that, but uh, I'm absolutely uh grateful to, to be where I am now.
3: Totally agree that it was a underserved market. Uh, you feel like the G5 is healthier than it's ever been.
4: Yeah, I mean, what there were four teams ranked in the American last year, two Sunbelt teams close, you know, every year. Every year, the, the top 25 poll underrates group of five teams. And in, in the playoff area, there have always been more group of five teams ranked at the end of the season than in the preseason. And it's just how it plays out every year. And I, I, I take it upon myself to kind of really make the case here for a lot of these schools. You know, when, when Stu said he was redoing his preseason top 25 to eliminate a bunch, bunch of schools, he was like, are going to be like a six and six SEC team that could get ranked when this is all said and done? And I said, I said to him, I said, "No, you got you got to keep an eye on the Super Five teams that deserve to move up in the top twenty-five. You know where they are. And as it turned out, I think he had five in his new top twenty-five preseason. So you know, I I I really tried to just make a case that there is good football, that there are good players, good coaches, uh, people who really care about the sport of football at that level, and they deserve to be recognized
3: and uh look we play real football in the g5 and i can tell you right now we play big boy football at louisiana for sure uh last question for you chris i know we got to let you get out of here where do we see chris vanini in 10 years what's your goal to, you know if you if you had your druthers what are you doing is it is it all about you is it do you have a small staff writing producing what is it
4: your question I, I i've i've always been even when i was doing coaching service. my my goal was always to just you just survived in this business, first of all, um, because you know, every day there's another newspaper that has layoffs. Our company you know, itself even had to make some painful cuts a few weeks ago. Nobody saw, a, nobody saw a pandemic engulfing the world the way it has and shutting down sports for so long. So, you know, I, I, I hope I'm still covering and Bond. I'm trying to do it in different mediums. I'm uh, trying to get on podcasts and, and radios wherever I am. I've I, Done some podcasts. I've I, I run my own podcast in the past on Michigan State and stuff like that. I was hoping to do a group of five podcasts this year, but things got thrown into the air with everything going on. I've been doing some pro wrestling podcasts as well. And I'm just trying to do this in, in different mediums. But I, I like doing the work, you know, I, I as opposed to necessarily having a staff work under me or something like that. I like being involved, being on the ground, seeing people in person, stuff like that. I, I don't really want to get to the point where I'm a national columnist where I just kind of write from above and uh, write from above and don't really like get involved in the nitty-gritty of what's really going on. So hopefully I'm, I'm still doing that in, in a few years and, uh, 10 years, I guess you said, and, um, and, uh, sticking with college football and, uh, yeah.
1: Chris Vanini has been our guest, Chris, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time to talk Louisiana football with us and man, but before you go tell people where, uh, Tell our listeners where would they can find you.
4: Yeah, just on Twitter at Chris the uh, Theathletic.com, obviously, we've got everything. We cover almost every pro team, team there is, and we cover helpful obviously. Um, if you're not a subscriber, uh, you can go to theathletic.com slash free trial for a free trial or theathletic.com slash green and white noise for 40% off. That'll give you like 3 bucks a month for a subscription uh, for new subscribers. Uh, that's pinned at the top of my Twitter profile, so you can. that link is there if you need that. But, uh, yeah, appreciate guys, uh, I appreciate you guys having me out. I appreciate you guys writing and reading, and um
3: uh, appreciate all the support as always. Chris, appreciate you coming on, man. Listen, in about 10 to 14 days, you'll have a gigantic box show up to your place. It's going to have a Cajun care package with gumbo, sausage, boudin, <laughs> cracklings, whatever. There's going to be a little note on the very top It's going to say, Louisiana, baby. That's all you got to know. It'll be from us.
4: Yeah, keep it up, guys. All right, brother. All Thank right, you. Chris, very thanks, much. man. Thank you, Chris. No problem, guys. Take it easy.
1: And there he goes, Chris Vanini of the Athletic. We'll take a break and when we come back, we'll wrap it up here on Rage and Review. Everybody stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Shilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 and Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337- 851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns!
1: Raging Cajun Nation. Welcome back to Rager Review. Matt Miguez here. Joined by Jerry Hebert and Man About Town, Josh Jagno as well. And guys, you know, we just had the interview with Chris Vaninia of The Athletic. Let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into that, talk about how that went, and then we will transition to the 11-game schedule now.
3: Yeah, quick note. He definitely said that this is the schedule. There's no chance that Patches of Houlian is going to schedule us on the 5th. Yeah, no. Schedule, so, schedule finalized. It's
1: Post, over. Poster came out, schedule finalized. Yeah, it's over. When when the poster when Ryan Benoit, who by the way is a graphics god, If you're you're wondering where the Rage and Review logo comes from. It is Ryan Benoit, stud. When Ryan drops the schedule poster, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Um, So yeah, the schedule is complete. It will be an 11 game season which is more than I expected. Well, so
2: I, I grew, we grew up with 11 game schedules. I mean, they added the 12 game schedule, like 2002, 2003. So I'm, you know, growing up, I'm used to an 11 game schedule. And at a time like this, off of these circumstances, there's some teams out there playing five games. Well, considering I'll an 11 games. considering
1: schedule. in 2002, I was five. <laughs> I don't really remember a time before 12 game schedules. I'm yeah. thrilled to be looking forward to football. Exactly. But yeah, that, that's the.
2: Something. that's
1: I'd, I'd be okay with an eight game schedule. I mean, football's football. Yeah. So, but yeah, guys, what what y'all think about Chris in the in the athletic interview? What did he, uh, what did you think about what he had to say?
3: I liked Chris. I think that, first of all, when you get a guy like that, a national guy that has his finger on the, the pulse of G5 football, it's always good to ask questions like that, especially with the with the, the, the COVID stuff. Everything changes almost hourly, like you said last episode. It's, uh, it's good to get the, the perspective of somebody that covers not only the Sunbelt, but all the other G5s. So um, I had a great time talking to him. I, I, I really enjoyed engaging in the name battle. That's always fun for me. So I, I know I felt like I felt like it might have started off a little slow, but then really got into it. And it really was good and informative and, and substantive. Really good.
2: I think the beauty of someone like Chris Fanini, it's kind of like with with when you guys did the interview with Phil Steele. You're talking to people who do this for a living, who follow it every day, who get inside information. And for someone in the G5 like Chris to be able to just really educate us um, not just us, but anybody on how, what what goes on in the G5 world, especially at a time like this. I mean, if you're a football fan, guys like Chris come in handy. You need guys like that to inform you because they're getting the, the up-to-date news. I mean, when I asked about the bowl games, he said it best. He's like, we really don't know. I mean, there's a lot of money involved. You've got contracts involved. Uh, we talked about the conferences. We talked about uh, the two um, <laughs> the two G5 conferences in the Mountain West and the MAC, and he talked a little bit about that on why they decided to make the decisions they made and I really enjoyed the conversation of course the name battle it's an ongoing battle that I think we're we have momentum with, and we're, we're mostly winning. Won. Yeah, we, we've pretty much won most of it. But it's cool to get an outside outsider's perspective on it, especially someone who writes uh, for such a popular, influential um, a magazine like The Atlantic. So uh, really enjoyed the interview, and we I want to thank Chris for taking his time to come and talk to us um, for the, the 30, 35 minutes that he did. We really appreciate that. Anytime you have people like that come and speak with us, it really, really means a lot for uh for people like that to uh, give us their time. He writes for The Athletic, by the way. But I anyway, just said The Athletic. I'm so you did. sorry. It's all good. Athletic, all good. Yes. And, my hey, I mean, is.
1: Wednesday at the grand opening of Priority Every Access then, Urgent Care, I kept saying primary. primary. There's, so, there's a faux pas. It happens, guys. Listen, we're not professionals.
3: That. We're just a couple of schmucks in a storage room <laughs> that talks sports. sports. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, it's warm in here. It's all for fun, guys. It's all for fun. Um, um, I wish I would have said this while he was on the, uh, on the phone. You know, for Louisiana, we know where we're going. We're going to a New Year Six, and we're going to New Orleans for a bowl game if they have it. They're going to take us. They don't have to take the champion this year, right? Nope. Nope. Two to three, right? So I um, mean, technically, they never have to take the champion. Well, no, I think the contract. I think contractually, it's up now for a few years. Okay, so there this is, year it's up. There, yeah. yeah,
1: contractually, there. You, you took the champion, right? But if I two of three years, if I remember correctly. There is an overwrite clause. Well, they should because to that rule. You know, anytime we win seven games
3: and you don't take our team, you're running right. <laughs> for sure. I mean, from a revenue standpoint, really. I mean, look, we paint the town red right every time we go in there. You're just Absolutely. Talking, talking about uh, it's, it's
1: ridiculous. It, it blows my mind that only twenty thousand people can show up to a game at Cajun Field. Scene but if, town. But if, but if it's the New Orleans Bowl, we're bringing thirty five thousand. Lafayette,
3: so. I love you, baby. But look, it's it's a scene town. Uh if if, if, if if what's cool is in the Superdome, they'll drive two and a half hours, but right. they won't drive ten minutes and wait in a five-minute line to get into the Cajun Field. Right. That's a whole other conversation. But, listen, we love you guys. Sorry. Just kidding. Yeah. Cajun Nation, phenomenal people.
1: Anyways, 11-game season <laughs> for the 2020 season will begin September 12th at Iowa State in Ames, Iowa. My opinion, that's a winnable game. Going to be fun, man. The next Saturday, we are in Atlanta, Georgia, to open Sunbelt Conference play against Georgia State. uh.
3: Roadkill, roadkill. But I wanted to say something about Iowa State. I have a phone call into somebody who can answer the question about tickets. So there's a certain amount of allotment that in the contract they that have to. We have to give, right? So we'll find out what that is. If there's, you know, there's there's other ways to get tickets. I mean, if you guys want to get creative, but that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be the big answer, and we should know something soon. I made that call this morning, so we'll find out. When I find out, I'll say it on the pod and I'll post it everywhere so everybody get. Well actually I'll probably get my tickets and tell my friends first and then maybe I'll put it public.
4: <laughs> right, right.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to get up there and, and watch a great game, dude. How many how many opportunities do you get to go on the road, uh go to a new place we've never been before, have a good enough team
1: to think you can win? You know? It's gonna be fun. Yeah, no, there's no no question about it. Uh and then, you know, like like we just talked about the week after Iowa State we go to we go to Georgia State, which is total total roadkill.
3: Was it Georgia State's uh, new quarterback that just opted out because of the heart condition? Heart condition, yep.
1: Prayers for him, obviously. For Uh, sure, for sure. And then the next Saturday we continue conference play in the friendly confines of Cajun Field as we take on the Georgia Southern Eagles. I think that will be a very tough game. This season, I, I think
3: they're going to be very improved. Probably uh, the most improved team in the league, yeah, well, for sure. And,
2: and, and you know, over the past few years, I mean, they started off slow last year and they ended the season with a bang outside of their loss to Liberty in, in the Cure Bowl. But uh, you know, Georgia Southern always comes with with a lot of with a lot of moxie. So this is going to be one of those games that the Cajuns cannot sleep on, for um, sure. especially at home.
1: And they owe us, right? Yeah. yeah, they do. Totally owe us. And then you know, eleven days later, you have the. The giant mega showdown in Boone, North Carolina, against App State on ESPN two. Um, I think I think we're writing. I think we're gonna write a whole bunch of wrongs this year, boys.
3: Yes, uh, I think we're the better team. I don't think that's a controversial statement. You know, even though it's been controversial in the past, right, to a certain segment of that fan base. But I, I feel like we have the the team. We we have the upper hand this year for that sure. we didn't have last year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I expect to go up there
2: and win. This is the time to catch him. Um, you know, they've got a new coach. I'm sure he, I mean, look, I, he's 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 at born and bred, okay? I mean, that's
1: just. A new coach with zero head coach. But that's experience. what
2: I was going to say that. I mean, I, I don't, we don't know. I mean, look, he's got talent. He's got a good football team, but we, we really don't know. He's got um, an
1: overrated quarterback, but you know.
2: Oh jeez, here we go! Oh, but and that, boom. With that said, with that said, I think this is a good opportunity for us to go up there and have a chance to win. I mean, look, they can say the U L L L L all they want, but they know for a fact it's not it's not an easy win for them either. They have to grind to get that win against us. So I think this is an opportunity for us to go up there and finally get a win up in Boone and against Ab State.
3: It's fun to have a healthy rivalry. It's not nasty, but it's a little heated, right? So this is the kind of—I talk about hate all the time in sports. This is the perfect kind of hate. There's, a, there's just enough to where it's, it's still respectable, but uh, it gets a little chippy. So here's the thing that you have to, to really think about. Billy has not had the roster to win there or here. Maybe last year, maybe a couple things go our way. But, he, but almost all of those games that we've lost during the Napier um, regime— he hasn't had the talent or the roster or the depth that App State has had. Yeah. And we have been in every single game. We have the team. We have the talent. We have the depth. We have the experience at quarterback. Now, they do too, but we can match that now. There's no reason why we shouldn't expect Ascension fans to go up there and win. And then when they come and visit us in Lafayette for the Sun
1: Belt Championship, one we should again. win that game too. Win yeah, again, for sure. And, you know, 10 days later, we come back to the friendly confines to host Coastal Carolina. Business. You know, I think I think that's going to be – I think Coastal is going to be a more improved team than they were last year. I still don't think that they're good enough to keep up with With us. They pose problems
3: because of the offense that they run, but they still have the same problem that they had last year. You cannot stop a power running game with three down linemen. It's never going to happen. No. So I, I I've, I'm not going to say it's a walkover, but – I don't – I'm not going to stay up at night thinking about it. I feel like that's that's just take care of business and
2: move on. No, I think that's a game that, that should be won. Um, you know, look, they came two years ago and won in Cajun Field. Now, granted, that was a completely different team that Billy Napier had on the field. I mean, he was basically – I mean, he was just getting started as his yeah, Louisiana years, head first coach. Year. But with that said, it's safe to say that this Louisiana team has come a very long way in those two years. And after seeing the revenge they put on Coastal last year down in Conway— uh, I don't expect. I don't expect the same. Like I'm not just going to go off a limb and say the Cajuns are going to win by 40 points. But I do give them the the upper hand. I do give them the advantage. I find that uh, last year the Cajuns just straight up outclassed them. And I think I, I expect that again, especially here in Lafayette. There's
3: there's also something to be said about Coastal in this regard. Levi had his best game as a Cajun against Coastal. Oh, he and, killed it. And, stat and I feel like. Especially at the NCAA level, when you see a team and you know you've had success, you have an extra level of confidence going into that game. Uh, I think Levi, he was spectacular in that game. So I feel like he might feel like, hey, I got these guys. You know, And I'm speaking for myself, not for him. But that's got to be said. I think that if you've had success against someone, you expect to have success going forward. So,
1: Six days later... Travel to Birmingham, Alabama to take on UAB. You know, again, Patches O'Houlihan getting his buddies to do.
3: Oh, yeah. They already already have tech logos in, in or or what is it, gold or bronze
1: and green? Gold and green, yeah. That's
3: pathetic. How pathetic? How sickening. That is Bunch of
1: clowns. Eight days later, we continue on the road, this time to beautiful, sunny Texas Hill Country, San Marcos, Texas, to take on Texas State Uh, Roadkill. The streak, the streak continues. No. no. Not roadkill. Oh! No. Really?
3: I don't know what the spread's going to be. And 21. I don't want to bring it back to gambling. But 21. Take them, take the points, dude. I, I'm telling y'all. They, they, it's, it's, they, it's not time yet. They will they They're will not going to beat us. They're not going to beat us. They're going to play hard, and it's going to be close.
1: They will have their time. Jake Spavitol will turn that program around. However, it's not time yet. It's not time.
3: Circumstance yet. game, okay. On the road, you've had a ton of success against the program. They're on the up. All right. Is that game on a Friday or Saturday? It is a Saturday. Halloween. Okay. Halloween game. Oh, things get weird on Halloween. Now you're now you're really making my case for me here. Yeah. See a black cat run across the fifty yard line. You better bail.
1: Yeah, th- th- things do get weird on Halloween. I'm yeah. telling you, whatever the points are, they do. If it's double digits, take them. And then, I hope hope you boys are ready for this stretch. We have three straight home games. Thursday night against Arkansas State on the U. Nine days later, South Alabama comes to Lafayette Roadkill. And then the next Saturday, we have a pre-Thanksgiving classic with Central Arkansas. Speaking of the U,
3: that Blazer game is going to... Oh, ESPN! ESPN U. U. the Blazer game is probably going to be it national. On, is it on you? Yes. No, not on the U. On ESPN. ESPN. It's Friday night game. ESPN uh, one. Yes. yes the mothership. Oh, hello. Yes. That's. I, I figured it would be on too. That's the scuttlebutt. So so one of the reasons why that game was actually we finally
1: finally hit the mothership outside of a bowl game. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, uh, for those of you who
2: heard or didn't hear Dr. Brian Maggard's interview on ESPN 1420 this morning with Scott Prather, he did mention that UAB, if you are a Raging Cajun season ticket holder, you will be able to attend the game for free. That's oh correct. what! That's so correct. fantastic. For any Cajun fans that want to take the trip to Birmingham, um, if you are a season ticket holder, they will allow
1: you to or, win the game. Or you know, if you're on the fence about getting season tickets, maybe that's the maybe that's the thing that makes you renew or yeah. makes you get them. What's the or, discounted rate? Like sixty bucks? That's yeah, it's just stupid. Uh, buy season tickets, gen- people. General general admission season tickets. I think it's 125. For go the find the change
3: wow. in your couch and your that's automobile awesome. and go yeah. freaking buy some.
1: Season tickets, so, I mean, go to the Blazers game for free. And then, like I said, you know, South Alabama coming to Cajun Field as well. Again, I'll say it again, roadkill. Yeah, that's a win. South Al?
3: Yeah. Uh, The freshman quarterback from last year was pretty good.
1: Yeah, but it's still roadkill. A quarterback can't carry a team. I think we're going to kill him too, but I'm just saying, something to look for. And then Central Arkansas, a talented team. Good. Do not get me wrong. Good. However. Way better than McNeese would have been. However, there is a huge drop. Between the talented of the FCS and big boy D one football. Well, I would say this: there's a huge
3: drop between the starting twenty two and everybody else. Right. So, but they're good. You so shouldn't sleep
1: I, on I, them. Well, and I'm not. I'm not saying sleep on them. Central Arkansas. Is definitely a talent te- talented I like, team. I like the addition, but Central in a Arkansas. in a sixty minute football game, we have the depth that they do not.
3: Defensive well, line. Just they just, don't have the defensive line to do what they need to do against our Russian attack. And
2: I think the thing is, like one thing. Uh, Coach Napier has done is he's done a fantastic job rotating players. Um, I think that's where you beat a team like Central Arkansas because you don't our team doesn't get as tired in the third quarter. Um, yeah, that's now, what I meant. The thing about Central Arkansas now they beat Arkansas State just a few years ago in Jonesboro, so they're not a slouch. Uh, they've won the conference quite a few times. They've the got Scotland. a few marquee they've wins over the last ranked. few years. They've been ranked in the top twenty-five in the FCS poll. Yep. Um, you know, if there's a good quality. Uh, FCS opponent to schedule that can actually give you a decent challenge this is the perfect team when I saw that they were on the schedule I was impressed for that reason I think now it's a great it it, it, to be honest with you especially where it lands on the schedule I know we're used to playing FCS programs in the beginning but where it lands on the schedule I think it 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 lands perfectly I think it lands perfectly for them yeah well just remember and I think the quarterback's a senior right is that is that right Matt uh Central or central,
1: central yes. I believe. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. Now
2: it's just, a legitimate game. Just FYI. Now their schedule I don't know if it's fully complete yet. I think they're playing nine games. Yep. I want to say, but they actually have a month off, I believe, to prepare for us, if I'm oh, not mistaken.
3: That could be good in bad. Yeah, yes. Let
2: them, let, them, let them have it. It's right. So, so, but, again, they're one, to, to many people who don't know, with the Southland Conference, they're one of a few schools that are pretty much allowing to play in the fall and are playing their own fall schedule. I think it's right. they have two home
1: they're games. They're basically independent.
2: Yeah, they are two home games and seven road right. games, but at least they have a schedule. At least they get to play. And then, they're playing.
1: And then we end the season in – I'm not even going to act like it's a beautiful place. It's an ugly-ass town to be in. Monroe, Louisiana. we got to go to Monroe this year. Gross. Um, well, we haven't lost and, there since and they're, 2004. And they're, so they're they're oversized, and they're oversized high school stadium. Um, but, uh, you know, anyways. No shade or anything. Here, here's, here's the thing, man. And, you know, I actually had a conversation with my brother right before we got on the air about this. We were talking about the game with ULM, and he passed a comment about it being... An easy game, Mm. and you know here. Here's the thing. You don't know. Usually on paper, God, we should run through them. But the last two years, the only and I hate to say, the only reason we've won is because they don't have a field goal kicker. Well, they 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 love to hit the goalpost. First
2: of all, there's no more Caleb Evans. He's and that's it, right there. He's gone.
1: No Uh, Caleb Evans. No chance. Oh, Evans did graduate. No He's chance. Gone. He's, gone. He's gone. I thought he was a senior. This he year. made the
2: entire offense last yeah, year. No Caleb Bevins. No, no chance. UL is going to stink. Yeah. Real Why bad? do you think Tech scheduled him this year? Real bad.
1: Yeah, because it's a rental win.
2: Well, they knew that Caleb Bevins was gone. is a hooligan. Like, how, like, how much you want to bet if Caleb Bevins was still on that team that oh. Tech would have scheduled
1: that game? My mic was muted. What the hell?
3: Anyways, yeah. they would have done anything.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was a rental win because you know, like like you like we talked about the other day. Same same thing with Tulane. I know for a fact Brian Maggard contacted Tulane about a game, yeah. and they yeah. they ignored his phone calls. Yes. Why? They're looking for a rental win. Well, well, they told him no. They're looking for a, a Houston Baptist yes. or a who. Or, it's a rental win. Yeah, you're going to win by 35 at home, and your fans are going to go, "Oh my God, Tulane!" But then when you get skull drugged by UCF the next week, where are you? Yeah. Yeah.
3: In line with history is in, where you are. anyways, it
1: just really upsets me. But you know, looking at the season as a whole, I've got one thing to say.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> ha big cat coming in with the with the go-cajun's call. Um, you know, guys, anything else before we get out of here?
3: I got a ton more. Jerry, what you got? Oh, do we have a ton more? No, I mean I'm just I'll keep it for later, but um I could sit here and blabber for well, uh, I just
2: I just want to say thank you to to, to Mr. Chris Vanini for coming on with us. I yeah, want to for give sure. My kudos to Dr. Brian Maggard. Fantastic job on the scheduling. I know with the circumstances we're dealing with. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to find scheduling. It's difficult to find a compatible a compatible schedule. And he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, Again, he really did. Even though we won in twelve games, eleven game season with these opponents are good enough for me. Yeah, no well question. John, kudos on to Dr. Maggard,
3: Doc. Most important hire in Raging in history.
1: Oh, for sure. We need to throw the entire bank account to keep him. The most important in in Lafayette hire. Uh, Cajun big history. big thanks to Priority Access Urgent Care now open twenty nine twelve Johnson Street in Lafayette. Open seven days a week from eight to eight. Also big thank you to Chris Russo and Russo Exploration who encourages you to donate to the RCAF. Award master Adam and Sarah Lopez. Go visit them. They made us some sweet face mask and some sweet koozies. We will be posting information on how you guys can get those on the Twitter page. And also, huge thank you to our official alcohol distributor, Shilling Distributing. Um, New we're and exclusive gonna be, sponsor. We're going to be popping plenty tops in the near future. Thanks to those guys. All right, Cajun Nation, you can follow us on Twitter at Rage and Review. and on Facebook and Instagram as well. We will talk soon, and until then, go Cajuns. Cajuns.